Welcome to WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio, where we take you beyond the time constraints of TV to give you the full story. Thank you for joining us. I'm Stephen Albritton. Today, we wanted to bring you an uncut interview with a Lebanon teenager who is sharing his very personal journey in a unique way. At just 19 years old, Brandon Morgan was diagnosed with cancer and had to fight for his life during a pandemic. The budding filmmaker decided to make a documentary about the entire thing, and only on WLWT, he sat down with Karen Johnson to talk about everything. Here's their conversation. Just um, take me back to when did you know that you wanted to, I guess, go into film? Oh, um, that's a good, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I just always grew up around movies and um, I think once I started getting into theater in uh, middle school and high school, I think that's kind of when I started to know that I wanted to be in film. Um, but originally I wanted to act, so I think once I had gotten into um, stage plays, uh, I don't know what it was, but I just fell in love with the directing side of it somehow, and then that translated into directing film. And um, I've always loved to write, and being an actor, you know, that's not as common to be on the writing side of it as well. But I knew if I went the directing route, that would be. Um, so I felt that was the, that just kind of seemed the best way to marry those two together was to write and direct. So. So in your mind, you were gonna. Did, did you go to Lebanon? Your yeah. Whole? Yep. Okay. So you know, you're gonna graduate from high school, go on, go into film. That was kind of. Yeah. You know, your plan. The kind of, as soon as yeah, by high school that was the plan. Yeah. And then it was was it your senior year? Um, you were diagnosed. Junior. Junior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 20. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's yeah, you're good. Yeah, you don't mind. Take back to um, you know, you started in the film talking about your knee hurting. If you can kind of just walk me through the process of you finding out you had cancer. Yeah, the timeline. Okay. Um, it was. It started off with just like this really like sharp knee pain that it just was random. Like it was sporadic. It wasn't very consistent. So at first we weren't concerned about it, and that would have been, I think, starting off in like September, October of 2018. Um, and then it just started getting more consistent. So eventually, I think in November was the first time we went to go see someone about it. Um, he did an x-ray and nothing came up. So he kind of he kind of blew us off a little bit and was like, it's probably just, I think he said tendonitis. And we were like, okay, we don't really know much about that. Um, but we didn't feel good about it either because of how he handled it. Um, so then a little bit more time went by and our, um, I mean, I was in show choir. So our competitive season had kicked off in like January, um, and the, that was when the pain really started to get bad because I was using my knee a lot more um, on the weekends when we did competitions. So then at some point, I just remember waking up and like the pain was so excruciatingly bad. I was like, I can't do this. Like we got to go see someone else about it. Um, so we went and just like we demanded an MRI, um, and then. I think after that, because I remember got the MRI on, I think on a um, a Wednesday, and then I remember like Thursday morning we had gotten a call from Cincinnati Children's saying they'd want to see us, and we didn't know what it was about, um, so we rushed down there and they did a bunch of tests and everything, and um, literally like Thursday, like so like Tuesday, the pain was really bad. Wednesday got a test, and then Thursday by the end of the day I was diagnosed with the osteosarcoma, and then literally the next day Friday was on the table for a biopsy, so it was like light speed as soon as everything picked up. Yeah, exactly. Like, we thought it was tendonitis from the guy before, so when we got a call from Cincinnati Children's saying that they think there's a tumor in there, that just, like, we were completely shell-shocked. Like, we had no idea what to think when they said that. So what made you decide, you know what, because you, 
very almost immediately you yeah. said, I'm going to start documenting. Yeah. Documenting. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was almost like an instinctual because, you know, I hadn't had a lot. I hadn't really worked on anything before. I hadn't built it because, you know, I, I knew I was going to have to build up a portfolio once I started applying to schools. Um, and I was like, I, I'm just going to film this. Um, just kind of instinctively, I want to. I knew it was going to be a big story, and being a film major, that's the only way I know how to tell a story is through a film. So, just picked up a camera and started recording. At that point, though, you had no idea no. you would be going through this in a pandemic. No, yeah, no idea. Uh, the, the, because I was diagnosed at the end of February, and the pandemic hadn't really hit the states until like March. So there was a little bit of time in between where it was kind of normal a little bit, and then that hit, and I was like, I've got to. Because I think at that point, I was like, I have to film this. Like, there's no way around it, because this is such a unique time to be going through all this. So, yeah. Not just a unique time, but too, a unique age. Yeah, but exactly. It's, yeah. That was your junior year. Right. Um, and I'm watching this. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm a little sick or have a fever, I don't even want to text people back. Yeah. Here you are making sure your most difficult moments were mm -hmm. documented. Yeah. How did you have that energy? Yeah, um, I, I definitely remember being a little hesitant at first when I started filming it, and there, you know, we're definitely there's definitely we're, we're going to be days that I was like I don't I don't want to film today, like I don't feel good. Um, but I think once, uh, and it's in the movie, but uh, the the show choir that I was in, they all combined forces and uh, they raised up money to get me a camera, and so I think I knew at that point I was like, there's an audience for this. There's people that want me to share this story, that want to see it. So at that point, I was like, I have to do this. Like it kind of became like my mission a little bit. And then it was, at the, and at the same time, it was also like, that kind of got me through each day. You know, the hard days, I was like, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to have something really special that I can share with people. And I think that kind of gave me strength a little bit, you know, through each round of chemo. Um, yeah. You seem like you had, or had, I don't know, it's a question I have, okay. you strong faith. Um, yes. You struggled with your faith yeah. during it all. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? How yeah. Sure. Yeah, because I, I was very, I was relatively new to um, to Christianity, to my faith, and everything. And but I grew really, really fast through the uh, youth group that I was involved with. So then, of course, you know, when you get diagnosed and you don't know what the outcome is going to be, like like you're saying, all these million dollar questions kind of start hitting you. Like, why? And then, especially when the pandemic hit, it's like, why now? You know, this is such a profound time to to be going through something like this with all this added weight onto it. Um, and it's definitely not an easy, and there's no easy way around it, and it's not something that people talk about, so it's, it's very much an inner journey that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. Um, and like even to this day, you know, two years later, I'm still kind of wonder, you know, what's his plan for all of this, and um, I, I don't know. I think it's definitely something that rocks you, and like I, the phrase I always use is I'm constantly wrestling with God, uh, and that's still the case today. Um, but I, I, I mean, I do believe at the end of the day it will make me a stronger believer and a stronger Christian. Um, but it's definitely, I found it's something that it will take a lot of time for me to kind of come to terms with. Uh, but it's just, you just got to keep praying about it and just have faith, which is not easy, you know, obviously when you're going through something like that, and especially on the bad days. Um, but it's important because, you know, you have those good days too, and that's when you recognize, like, this is all happening for a reason. Yeah. And 
it was a difficult year or two years for yes. us because of the lack of social interaction. Yep. I can't imagine the lack of social interaction. Yeah. For you, it was probably tenfold. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, you know, because I remember, like, for all my friends, it was like, we'll make this work. But for me, it was just completely out of the question on some days. And being a, a huge extrovert, that was especially hard, right? Because, um, you know, you have all of the, like, everyone doesn't really know how to respond when someone's diagnosed with cancer. And then you add this global pandemic on top of it where no one is seeing each other. Like, there was no communication at all. Um, which was especially hard for me. And then, of course, on the medical side, it added all these new barriers and challenges. Um, but it, looking back on it, I re kind of it real, made me realize, you know, who my friends really are because there, are the, there were still the ones that did reach out, that did try and make it work um, to come see me. And, of course, it wasn't as frequent. Um, but, like, those were the, that was the other thing that, you know, gave me so much strength is when someone went out of their way to try and, make it work to see me through everything. So in a roundabout way, it kind of ended up being one of the best aspects of it. Because in the end, I came out with, I know you know, I know who my friends are. And those, those friendships grew so much through that. You were, your obviously immune system was compromised. So even yeah. on times where maybe people did get together with social distancing, were you able to be a part of that or not too much? Yeah, it was definitely, the, the, the dynamic was a lot different. Because um, one of the, um, Examples that I used in my uh, documentary was I went I was I was able to go to a grad party over the summer because it was outdoors, um, but it was a lot of like me kind of physically you know being very distant because uh, everyone was swimming in the in the at the party and I filmed a lot of it but like they would be swimming and I would be like sitting on a bench like super far away so I still got to see them and but you know I couldn't like actively participate in what they were doing which was really hard um, but it wasn't like they, it, it wasn't like there was a huge disconnect to where it, like, it felt like I wasn't even there. Like they were still doing everything that they could on their end to make me feel a part of it. Um, but it was definitely very different because I couldn't, you know, physically be um, involved in what they were doing. Um, and it's just something that I had to get used to. But it, it wasn't, I think it wasn't as bad as people might think it would have been. It was just very, you know, different. Right. Yeah, that was. I, I definitely. I, I got rid of it um, through chem, through uh, chemotherapy and through the uh, whole journey going out of another hospital. I was like, I can't be on social media because I know that'll just that'll eat me up inside. And they're definitely, especially because I wasn't allowed to have visitors anymore. And having gotten a taste of that through my first round when the pandemic hadn't really hit yet, I did get visitors. So then to like go through that first round and have this mindset of, okay, on my good days, I'll still be allowed to see people. And then the pandemic hits and that's completely out of the question anymore. Um, so it, it definitely, there was definitely, I had to figure out how to cope with that, um, which eventually it became, you know, watching movies in the hospital and that was kind of my way of um, dealing with it. But yeah, there were, without a doubt, some nights that I was just like, felt so depressed and isolated, yeah, but. Um, were you allowed to have yeah, so it was it was mostly mom and dad. They would uh, switch out and take shifts, you know, overnight. Um, but other than that, I mean, I like FaceTimed people sometimes. But it would. So then, like going back to you know, they still try to make me feel included. Like they would FaceTime me if they were out doing something with their friends. Like, 
and everyone would be like, oh, Brandon, we miss you and stuff. But like, you know, like I, they're being, you know, they're trying to make me feel included and their intentions are genuine. But like when that, to me, being the one that's stuck in the hospital, I'm like, that just made it like so much harder. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all, it was like, it's all kind of, there was like two sides to everything. There was definitely because, and, and especially in the early stages, be having the tumor in my knee, there was a lot of talks of how do we want to approach uh, removing it because it, they had to take out the joint. That was out of like that was that was necessary, and then we talked about a few options on what we wanted to do to replace it. So there was never I wouldn't say there was like a concern of I'll never beat this. It was more a concern of like what's my life going to look like after this after this surgery because um, it was very clear that mo lo uh, mobility was going to be limited um, and physical, physical activity wasn't going to be what it once was. Um, so I wouldn't say so much that it was, I don't think I'll ever, I'm afraid that I'll never beat this. It was more of, I'm scared of like what's going to get taken away from me from that surgery alone. Well, that seemed, watching the film, that seemed like the hardest part for you was yes. that night, right, going into right. the day before going yeah. into surgery. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, as much as humanly possible, I tried to, you know, stay positive and um, especially, you know, for the camera, obviously. But I just remember on that day, I was like, I can't hold it anymore. Like, I'm freaking out thinking about what's going to happen after this. And, you know, thank God that everything went well and went as according to plan. But that was definitely one of the biggest things that was weighing on me going like leading up to that that day. You struggled with the hair loss, too. Yeah. Uh, Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was, I think that's another thing that, you know, everyone knows it's going to happen and like, you don't think that that would be a big deal until it happens to you. And, you know, like that's such a big part of our identity, right, is our hair and like how we look. Um, and I, I mentioned it in the movie, but I just remember afterward, like I would like, you know, look through the window or like look in the mirror or something and like, like your silhouette isn't the same you know, without your hair. And like, I just didn't even feel like myself. And um, that was definitely, and that was something that I didn't really talk to people a lot about because I didn't think that anyone would understand, um, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best way to handle that. But yeah, that was a pr really difficult um, step in the, in the process. But I think it was just a matter of getting used to it. And ex you know, it's another thing you kind of have to accept as a part of who you are going through everything because you know a lot of you changes when you go through something like that and that was you talk about yeah. change and every time there's a change in life you become stronger do you feel like you are a stronger person i yeah i definitely don't see the world the same anymore um i think uh there's a one of the things i mentioned in my movie is like there's so much that we take for granted um so i think having a new found appreciation for the world has definitely made me a stronger person and um a much stronger like mindset uh, towards life. You were saying something as uh, simple as going to the grocery store. Right. Mom yeah. Asks, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Like uh, the I th the point I was trying to get across was like you know you never know when you know when a pain in your knee turns out to be a you know a tumor and your whole life gets you know kind of thrown upside down. Um, it's just like it just get the most out of life like. You know, don't sit around the house all day. Like, get out and do something because you'll, you know, you might regret it later. And don't sweat the small stuff. Exactly, yeah.
just so I have a time frame, right? Okay. This started in February, March of your junior year. Yep. And then ended um, in October. October mm -hmm. of, of that same year. So through yeah, or I said twenty eighteen before, didn't I? Yeah, twenty twenty nineteen would have been when the knee pain started. So then twenty twenty um, was all of chemotherapy from February to October. February, and that was still your junior year. No. Uh, so I would have graduated junior year, or I would have finished junior year in May of 2020, and then I would have started my senior year. So October of 2020 was my first semester of senior year. Okay, and then when was it that you were named? Uh, September, the month before I finished chemo. So that September of, year? that was my senior year. So September of my senior year, I was crowned homecoming king. All right, I figured it out. I'll, 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 I'll yeah. my mind, I'm not It's okay, I can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was that like? Uh, I mean, you went through all this, and mm -hmm. obviously, you had a huge support system. And yeah. You were named homecoming. I think, yeah. Yeah, homecoming. Yeah, homecoming okay. king. I think that was just like the, I mean, that was the pinnacle of, of uh, you know, the support I'd been getting. And like, I, I think I knew that everyone had my back, right? Because, you know, it's a small town. I, you know, the word got around and I knew that everyone knew what I was going through and um, knew my, was getting to know my story. But there was, you know, because of COVID, right, there wasn't a lot of, like, face-to-face -face interaction. So I wasn't really, like, communicating with all of these people. So, it's like, to know that everyone had voted for me, right, and, to, you know, to get, like, that recognition was, like, first, like, I think kind of, like, solidified that I knew that, you know, everyone has my back and that I have all the support, so. Where do you go from here? Just to kind of talk about your, your yeah. freshman um, Right, yeah. At, uh, at UCF, the University of Central Florida. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm actually, so I'm studying for film, um, and I think my, well, my plan through college, I just wanna, I'll probably just, feature length films turns out there's a lot of work uh, from the editing process of making this one. Uh, I think probably doing some short films and um, kind of, I obviously want to continue to um, campaign and support for cancer, so I don't know what that will look like when I um, get back down there for uh, for school and you know through the rest of my college career. I definitely will try and find an outlet if I can and see what I can do with this film. Um, but then eventually, once I get into my professional career after college, that's definitely where I plan to start uh, advocating for childhood cancer and trying to find new. Um, stories that relate to illness and to disease and kind of bring shed, like some, uh, shed some light on them um, through film as a, as a medium and see what good I can do with that. As far as your cancer, you're back in town now because yep. of scans? Yes, yep. Just had scans uh, on Monday at uh, Cincinnati Children's uh, and then uh, got the results and they were all crystal clear, which was some of the best news ever. So, yeah. choose to go away to college. I mean, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would say, you know, I want to stay close to home because mm -hmm. uh, of comfort or security. Sure. Yeah. What was it that made you say, no, I'm still going to do this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always been a very outgoing person, and that's definitely not something that cancer took away from me in any way. If anything, I would say it probably made it 10 times worse after being isolated for so long. I think kind of being an extrovert, I like was caged up and like wanted to get out into the world um, to kind of almost like make up for lost time in a way. And I knew I wanted to go somewhere um, kind of far and you know, meet new people and uh, get involved in a good film community. And I've definitely found that where I'm going.
Sure. How did you keep your sense of humor during the whole time? That's one thing throughout yeah. the yeah. film you had. Um, that was definitely one of the mechanisms that I've found works for me as far as coping with everything was to kind of turn it into like a, in a put it in a uh, humorous light, I guess. Um, and that's always been my personality is just, you know, very goofy and lighthearted. And so I think that was the best way to cope with it. Uh, and also like shine my personality through uh, everything and because one of the things that I think um, is kind of a misconception is like that we change as people people that are you know are diagnosed and go through cancer but like at the end of the day we're you know like I'm still me like we're still who we are um, cancer doesn't necessarily change that and so I think showing that I'm still you know having that sense of humor still going through everything I think was kind of one of the best ways to show that to everybody um, and then at the same time, it was how I coped through everything. People who watch this, what are, what do you hope they take away from it? Yeah, I, my biggest, my, my biggest message, my biggest goal in making this was I wanted to kind of give people a sense of how to approach someone. If so, like, if they know, you know, if someone that they meet or someone that they know that's going through something like this or gets diagnosed, um, how to approach them and how to support them the best way that they can because I, I think one or at least in my experience what I found was a lot of people kind of backed away um, they don't you know because they don't want to be insensitive or something but reaching out you know and like asking how they're doing it's like it's that's thoughtful that you know that shows that they're you still care about them and what with what they're going through they need your support for sure so I think what I wanted to get what I wanted people to get out of this was um, how to support someone the best that they can by reaching out to them and checking in on them and kind of give them insight into what they're going through um, because I think that's something that I don't think a lot of people really know about much about besides like the stereotypes. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. If you want to learn more about Brandon's documentary, we've put a link in our show notes. And if you want more Beyond the Studio, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And new to this channel, we will have a mini episode every day giving you a daily dose of the stories you need to know to start your day. I'm Stephen Albritton, and thanks for listening.